We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's up, Striking Gold listeners? Charlie here, executive producer for Blue Wire, based out of Cleveland, uh, getting ready for this Monday night football game. Kevin had a great conversation with Jake Burns, uh, host of Blue Wire's Browns Film Breakdown podcast about tonight's game. We really think you guys are going to enjoy this one. They both provide great information about how important this game is for both teams, especially since both teams are trying to prove they're legit and belong in the playoffs this year. Before we get to the podcast, though, I do want to talk about Axios real quick. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. It takes up a lot of my time here in Cleveland uh, following the Browns this year. But trying to follow everything happening sports is almost impossible. It's crazy working on this podcast network, man, and, and taking in all this content that these guys provide here. And then scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. And that's why I decided to subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page. It's delivered right to your email inbox. And when you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best sports stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket to ping pong, everything in between. 
Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and it's free. Check out sports.axios.com. Not only are you going to be caught up, you'll be able to be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. You'll know what's going on before you get to the office and can talk to your coworkers about what happened over the weekend. So you got to join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. Best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. It's free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Make sure you sign up at sports.axios.com. That's sports.axios.com. All that content for the low, low cost of free 99. It's sports.axios.com. Get caught up with them every morning. All right, guys, that's enough from me. I'll let you get to this conversation between Kevin and Jake Burns from the Browns Film Breakdown Podcast. And remember, go Browns. Okay, I'm excited. It's 49ers week. This is a big East Coast, West Coast game. means a ton to both teams. Um, and when I thought to myself, who should I bring on to talk about the 49ers, the answer is pretty obvious to me. It's Kevin Jones, the man, the myth, the legend. The guy is the founder, the CEO of who I podcast under. You guys hear me talk about Blue Wire all the time. Kevin brought this idea to me almost a calendar year ago. I think the Browns played the Raiders week four or five yeah four or five like a calendar year ago i was on a raiders podcast that he was a a part of the blue wire network then and he said hey man you want to jump on and be a part of the browns i couldn't have been more excited a year later fast forward the clock he's built an empire used to write for the browns was a brown staff writer um not too long ago moved out to the west coast has taken over the world i'm pumped to have him on kevin jones buddy how you doing Jake, I paid you what one hundred and fifty dollars for that intro. Like I, <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I haven't been gassed up this much. No, it feels amazing to be with you here. I'm excited to talk about uh, the Browns, the old team I covered, and the matchup with the Niners. But yeah, in terms of Blue Wire Man, you're calling it an empire. We're we're growing, but you know we're growing because of people like you. I remember signing you. You had like seven thousand followers. You're on your come up now. You're closer to fifteen, sixteen thousand followers. So we're finding people like you who are really good at talking about either one team or one topic and putting them all on our team called blue wire. So it's, it's going pretty well. We're scaling quickly. We've got some recognizable names now, Taj Boyd, the Clemson quarterback, Taylor Bishotti from the NFL network. So you helped lay the groundwork here, brother. It's, it's a team effort. So I, I appreciate you hyping me up, but know that I'm just the organizer. Everyone else is, is putting in most of the hard work, man. He's humble, folks. He's humble, but he's the guy behind the, the, the magic that's happening here. He gave me a platform, and, um, you know, it's taken off. We've done great things, and it's because of you listeners. It's because of Kevin's idea, and uh, I'm pumped to see where it keeps going. And, listen, we got to talk football at some point here. So we're going to talk about this. Listen, if I was liquid and I was feeling great and I didn't have a little man here at home and, and my wife wouldn't give me the stink, I would have flown out to Kevin's place and stayed at his place and gone to this game because I think it's going to be a fun matchup. <laughs> what What do you think, Kevin, is the sort of – I know they're 3-0, and they're feeling good, but what is the state of the 49ers as they sit right now heading into Monday Night Football? Very confident. They have a head coach they believe in, Kyle Shanahan. They have a quarterback that's playing pretty well, Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I think he's going to hit some skittish points. It could be this week where he comes a little bit down to earth. And they have a defensive line now, man. They have not been able to pressure the quarterback really since Alden Smith and Justin Smith left. It's been an issue. Now with Nick Bosa and D Ford and DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead has actually had an amazing start to the season. So that's the formula to me in the NFL. If you have a good head coach who's calling great plays. Most head coaches are offensive guys now. You have the quarterback. You have the D-line. 
Uh, it's a pretty good recipe to win in the NFL. Now, let's preface this by saying they beat the Steelers, who Mason Rudolph was having trouble completing passes. They beat the Buccaneers in a very sloppy game week one. They, they beat the, the Bengals. So they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. Can they beat the Browns, who is a much tougher matchup? Cleveland has confidence after the win last week. Um, so I think this is a good litmus test for both organizations right now. To me, for both quarterbacks, it could be like the biggest games of their early careers. Now, Baker had one last year trying to get into the postseason. They needed a bunch of help. But, yeah, man, I think the spotlight is on. I think it's never Jimmy G versus Baker, but it's going to feel a little bit that way by the time Monday rolls around. Yeah, it's fascinating to me. Well, first off, I'll, I'll say this. You could look at anybody's schedule right now and pick it apart. You could pick apart – any undefeated team, whatever. It, nobody knows. Who, it's almost fascinating. I, I, I talked on um, another podcast this week about how this is almost the first four games are the are the really the preseason. You 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 don't get any preseason work, so you go into the the regular season with uh, almost a blind nature in terms of real live game action with your best twenty two players, and from there you're sort of figuring it out, trying to find cohesiveness, and you just want to come out of your first four games without being zero and four, one and three, and um, you know being three and zero is great, but it's like to me it feels like. You have to come out of those first four relatively healthy. You want to keep yourself in contention to be able to do something. But those first four games, you look at it, you're like, well, this team stinks. They be you, you, you win. You, you win games, and that's what the 49ers have done. Who cares the quality of some of these teams? Who knows what the Buccaneers will look like in three weeks, or who knows what Pittsburgh will look like? Pittsburgh could be the best team in the AFC North two weeks from now if they beat Baltimore and they win their next one. So it's like, you don't know. I think it's fascinating, too. Um, another dynamic, Kevin, is the Shanahan element. You were in Cleveland when Shanny was here, and that last time the Browns had a, a truly functioning offense before, I guess, last year's second half of the year, I would say that I talked about this on my podcast, this podcast, last year, that the last time the Browns felt that they were a functioning offensive unit was in 2014 when Shanahan was the offensive coordinator, and they were running that the same stuff he's running now. And they used to kill with, uh, you know, Gary Barnage and some of those tight ends that he had in Cleveland. And they were running the Brian Hoyer stretch zone scheme stuff and Terrence West. And, 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 and I believe Ben Tate was here for a little while and, and rookie Isaiah Crowell. Oh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was good football. <laughs> You're taking me back, man. Yeah, so that year was incredible. When I was with the Browns my first year there in 2014, they started 7-4. and four. They steamrolled Cincinnati in a big game on a Thursday night football. They had an overtime win over the Atlanta Falcons to get to seven and four. I remember being on the team playing afterwards and you know, people were literally hugging and dancing and, and screaming like this is happening. And then obviously the wheels fell off. They lost the last five games. So yeah, I mean, being up close with Kyle all the years I had, I also covered him in DC. Um, you know, he, He's hit his stride, and I think like more so than play calling, he's hit his stride in just like managing the personalities on the, the 49ers. And he, he put Dante Pettis kind of in his doghouse. He's willing to be more of this um, enforcer type, which he I don't think he has been past. He's always you know, blaring rap music, and Lil Wayne's his favorite artist. So I think he's grown up more as a head coach. His play calling against Cincinnati was unbelievable. He had people wide open all game. He normally produces a touchdown or two by himself week to week. So, like, he is the ultimate X factor for uh, the 49ers. I think the matchup problems, though, this week are, are you know, they, they favor Cleveland. The 49ers left tackle situation, Justin School right now, he's replacing Joe Staley. He's a six-round pick rookie. There's some people giving him praise in the locker room afterwards. I don't think he played that well. I think that's just, like, people, like, trying to lift him up. 
So obviously, you know, Cleveland's going to go hard at that matchup. I think Kyle Juszczyk or a tight end is going to have to be on his side to, to help protect Jimmy G there. And then the other matchup is second corner right now is not good in San Francisco. So Killer Weatherspoon's out for the next month. They have a guy named Emmanuel Mosley who may start. It could be Jimmy Ward who's been picked apart the last couple of seasons. Um, yeah, man, as I'm looking at Kyle and looking at this, like he's got everything good, but there's just a couple matchup problems this week that really do favor Cleveland. Yeah, you talk about Shanny. There's like, um, God, man, I don't know. There's there's not very many of them. You, you would obviously include what, uh, um, you know, Sean McVay does, and then you would include um, McDaniel, Josh McDaniels does with Tom Brady. I know he's just an OC, but talking about guys who are, who are really like offensive coordinators who can scheme wins, and Kyle's one of them. And we saw it up close in 2014. Most of you did, and it hasn't changed. He's only gotten better. And you mentioned two guys within that offense. Um, let me let me backtrack real quick. I'll ask you a real quick question. Do you think this game means more to Shanny? Like I know he he uh, um, you know obviously left Cleveland in a bit of a weird circumstance with the whole PowerPoint story and all of that stuff. Like, do you think, is this his first, I could be wrong. I haven't checked it between his time with Washington and his time with, with Atlanta. Did they didn't, did they play Cleveland? Has he played Cleveland since he left Cleveland or am I, I am I, off no, I, that? I, I don't think so. And I, I actually think his big issue in Cleveland, I, I know his big issue was Ray Farmer. It, it actually wasn't Patton. It wasn't Haslam very much. It was, you know, a Ray Farmer thing where, you know, Ray was trying to influence some of the play calling. And Kyle actually ended up, you know, I don't know if it was him directly, but Ray Farmer ended up getting suspended four games for texting down on the sidelines. And it was, you know, Wiley believed that Kyle was the one who told the NFL some of the inappropriate behavior. So he left Cleveland with a bad taste in his mouth. There was the rumors he made that 32-point sideshow presentation to get out of there. Um he used Atlanta to get the head coaching job. I think Kyle could have stayed in Cleveland and eventually got a head coaching job. The stuff with Johnny was just, he, he didn't want Johnny. He didn't, yeah. that was not the quarterback of his choice. And, and same with Mike Patton. I, be, I believe they, they both had like agreed on Derek Carr. So it'd be fascinating to see if Patton had Derek Carr and if he was still there and like, that could possibly be the case. It's always a game of what ifs in Cleveland. Yeah. I don't think he holds a grudge, not as much as the Redskins. So, I mean, with the Redskins, it was him and Dan Snyder, and that was him versus Dan Snyder. And one side of the table was Dan and RG3. The other was Mike and Kyle. And Mike and Kyle were saying, hey, we we ran this offense for you, RG3, this like gimmicky stuff, because this is you can't really be a drop-back quarterback right now in your early career and succeed. RG3 thought differently, and they changed the whole offense in 2013, and they were awful, and they all got fired. So, I mean, Kyle's been around the block. He, he started in Houston. He actually got his real first start in Tampa. So, I don't, I don't think like Cleveland's. Uh, I don't think he's like feeling extra special about this game. However, if anyone who have left, I think Chris Kirksey and Joel Batonio are like two of the only players left yeah. from yeah. from from Kyle's tenure. So it's just crazy how quickly the NFL turns around. Um, he is a joy to cover, though. Um, you know, I, I covered the team from afar, but he, he makes the 49ers a, a more fun team. His personality, his play calling, everything about him. Yeah, I think that what's fascinating is that he finally has, you mentioned some of the stuff in Atlanta, the stuff in Washington, and obviously his time in Cleveland. And it feels like everything in San Francisco is finally aligned in the same vision. And his vision has taken over, and he's got the front office behind him. And it's paying off. It's it's a good roster. I noted on the sh- we did the show, uh, you know, talking about schedules. 
before the year. I did it with our, our, our boy, um, uh, former rebuild host Jordan Zerm. Yes, we had we had fun with that one. And this was a game I thought the Browns would lose. Now I thought they would win a couple of the uh, first two. I thought they'd come into this one. I don't know if I had them two and two, but I think I had them three and one. But nonetheless, this was one I thought. I thought the 49ers had a good roster. And when I look at their roster, you made some great points. The left tackle situation is dicey. Anytime you're putting out somebody like School against. Miles Garrett. Miles didn't play well last week. He was kind of a non-factor against Baltimore. Baltimore's offense is so weird. You have to be so sound in your gap responsibility and maintaining your edge and that option scheme stuff that you have to play a certain way. As far as now playing the zone stretch stuff and being able to get vertical and get after the quarterback could be fascinating. But you mentioned two guys, Kevin, that I think are going to give the Browns fits. Kyle Juszczyk, who's a, who's a Cleveland, he's a Northeast Ohio guy, went to Medina. Good friend of mine at Medina mm-hmm. knows him well. Obviously, he goes to Harvard, goes to Baltimore. I was so freaking happy when Kyle got out of Baltimore because he we couldn't cover that guy. He goes to the ideal fit with his his play style. He's going to be a problem because he's not a fullback. He's a U-back tight end hybrid who who does some phenomenal things in the run game, but he does even better stuff in the pass game. Then you have one of the best players in the NFL in George Kittle. Do you see those guys? Be, the Browns haven't covered tight ends well in years. They're a little better this year, but they're still lacking some of that understanding of the middle of the field. Do you see Kittle, Juszczyk, running naked on some really weird sort of hidden scheme stuff where they sneak them out later, run them across and run them vertical. Do you see that sort of stuff happening from Kyle? Oh yeah. I mean, that's his bread and butter. And real quickly on Kittle, I mean, third and seven, I think it was against the Buccaneers week one. Kittle was lined up as the outside receiver. Like Kyle is now willing to play him really anywhere and get the matchup that he wants and just get 10 yards. Kittle is to me, arguably like a top five, catcher in, in the league you group tight ends in there as well too he's so explosive after the catch i mean this is the crazy part about him and kyle Uzcheck said it as well kyle Uzcheck is a better football player because of george kittle and watching how dangerous and how physical he is on the football field george kittle is raising the level of play for this entire offense he john lynch said about him he developed this routine he's in the weight room at 1.30 every day. He's watching film at 3.45 every day. So he's become a professional. He's a freaking fifth-round pick that is totally panned out and is just the bread and butter of this offense. Juszczyk is having a really good year, and they're throwing the ball to him deep. Like he's, he's had a couple of catches for 30-plus yards where Kyle has, has lulled people to sleep, and there's a play action, and they think that Juszczyk is a blocker. And You're right, he will peel out from the backside. So... Um, I think both will be a part of the passing game. I don't know who the Browns matchup-wise are going to put on Kittle, but I, I would expect minimum of 10 targets to go his way. Um, we've, got a, we've got a T-shirt on deck, so I'm hoping that George Kittle has a, has a big game because he, he's really the superstar of this offense. Jimmy G, is, you know, he's reminding me of Tony Romo, the way he's playing. He's, he's not there yet. He's not a Tony Romo pro bowler yet. George Kittle can help take him there if he continues to dominate the way he is. Yeah, what's fascinating is last year, so you know, the data is limited between these two, but you you can sort of see where um, Steve Wilkes' defense, who's done a phenomenal job on 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 short personnel in the secondary, and obviously short personnel in uh, um, you know his 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 general approach, he's done some really good schematic things, putting these guys in good positions, and last year. A, uh, they kept they kept things really tight with San Francisco. They won the first one, eighteen fifteen. They they yielded. 
They yielded. Uh, I think they they gave up 447 yards, but they turned they turned uh, San Francisco over five times, which is pretty pretty astounding. And came out with that win. The second win was a closer. It was a loss. Uh, let me let me backtrack. They beat them twice actually. So Wilkes Wilkes Cardinals last year beat them twice. They only had three wins all year. Two of them came against this 49ers team. This is a different team this year, but it is interesting to look at. They kept this team at 18 points and 15 points and came away with a couple wins. The second game, now I know this was Nick Mullins, but but it felt like Kyle got at least something out of Nick Mullins. So it's interesting. Al Holcomb, who's with Cleveland too, was the D.C. with Wilkes and Arizona. So I think it's going to be a fascinating matchup, uh, particularly. It looks like they kept, for the most part, kept Kittle in line, but it's a completely different personnel. But it is interesting to look back and see how Wilkes performed against San Francisco because that's the matchup to me that's really important. I think, to me, I'm more worried – um, about about how, th- from San Francisco's perspective, I think defensively the Browns will be okay, but it's how do they, um, you know, handle what San Francisco does defensively? Because you mentioned the uh, the defensive lines impact. I think the Browns have a really good structure in place. Like they're they finally went back to what Freddie was good at: diversifying personnel, using a ton more motion to unfold coverages pre-snap, giving Baker some advantages. So I think it's going to be fascinating. The Browns have a ton of like double move based things open off tendencies. They haven't really done a ton of double move stuff, and I think that that can be a dangerous weapon for for uh, um, Odell Beckham. And I, I, you mentioned the second corner. I, I don't. I you know for 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 Kyle's situation with their defense. Jarvis Landry might not be playing, so that could get that could get a little bit better. But for the Browns, they do bring back Callaway. They do bring back, uh, hopefully, bring back Rashard Higgins, which will help. So, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I've taken enough of your time. It's going to be a fascinating game. I think both teams are very confident, which is really cool to see. I, I, for Cleveland's sake, I'm really happy it's a Monday night game, not a Sunday 1 o'clock game, because I think that changes a lot east to west. The Browns get the, the, the Seahawks on a 1 o'clock the week after. But the Browns know they have to win. They play Seattle, then they play they take a bye, and then they play New England. And you can't go 2-5 and five into the second half of the year, even with winnable games. So it should be should be a ton of fun. What's your prediction, Kevin Jones, the man? What do you got? What's your final score this, uh, this Monday night? I mean, you hit it right on the, the head. The pressure is on Cleveland. The pressure is on Baker. He cannot be doing some of the stuff we saw against the Jets or – um, the the Rams, if he's finally back to the quarterback we believe he is in Baltimore, if Baker plays that way, I think the Browns are going to upset the 49ers um, something like 33 to 26. However, if, if Baker struggles and it looks like the Rams or the Jets, I think the 49ers will win um, you know, something like 28 to, to 15. The Niners have a pr- improved defense overall. This, this isn't the Niners of the past few years. So um, it, it really, to me, depends on Baker. If he comes out and plays, I think the Browns, he'll make enough plays and have the ball last and they'll win. If he doesn't, I don't think the Browns are good enough uh, mono e mono to beat the 49ers without Baker. That's my prediction. Yeah, I think you're right on about that. I think the I think the 49ers get to 21 points, and I think that they get some things because they scheme some things, and I think those are things you can count on. The Browns don't always scheme things open well enough. Like Kyle just has a knack for doing that. So I think the 49ers get to 21 points. I think you're right. I think it's a field goal to win it. I think it's 24-21. You know Kevin's a smart guy because he's coming on a Browns podcast and calling a Browns win. So don't, don't leave this thinking anything else. But I appreciate you, Kevin, <laughs> taking some time out of your busy schedule, buddy. I, 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 I love what we're doing. I love you having me on the pod, um, hosting this pod on our network, and I appreciate you coming on, man.
Oh, totally, man. Uh, we will get you out to San Francisco, and I'm probably going to get up to Cleveland at some point. We'll get, we'll get you, uh, Mayor, uh, Charlie, the whole gang together. Um, no, I appreciate you, man. I'm, I'm going to play this, this episode on my feed, too. So shout out to the Striking Gold listeners. Hope you guys enjoyed Jake. So if the game's crazy enough, we might have to get back on Tuesday next week and, and break it down, too. So hope you, hopefully you guys enjoyed this because there's probably more coming. Of course, guys, if it's a good game, which that's all we hope for. We hope it's a good game. We hope the Browns can figure out a way to come out on top of this one, especially considering their next two. Should be fascinating. A lot on the line. I thank you guys for listening. I thank Kevin again for coming on. If you want to follow Kevin on, on Twitter, which you should, it's at Mr. Underscore Kevin Jones. Pretty simple stuff. You're going to learn a lot from his feed. Whole bunch of podcast stuff going on. Blue Wire is not just football. It's everything. If you're interested in basketball, a whole bunch of things. Cleveland-based, the guys on the Chase Down Pod are covering the Cavs like nobody else out there. There's everything you guys could want. So uh, jump on Blue Wire, find all that stuff. Continue following Brownstone Breakdown. Check out Striking Gold if you want to learn about the 49ers. I appreciate you guys jumping on listening. Like, subscribe, leave comments, let me know all that stuff on iTunes, and then follow the Twitter feed too because you guys have given me some good feedback. Until then, we'll come back with a Monday night, late night review of the game for your Tuesday drive, and I appreciate you guys, and go Browns. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.